Hello everybody, welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of the Dynasty Movement Podcast. Second and goal. Jones swings it! Touchdown! Gusecki! This is it now for Buffalo. Allen trying to run, loses the ball, scooped up, it's over! The Patriots get it done! Mac Jones leads the comeback! I'm joined today by Down With Fun, as usual. And we are also joined today by a longtime friend of the podcast, a other member of the community, begrudgingly awake. Bug, welcome. Happy to have you. That's the intro I get. This is like my fourth time on the pod over the years, and I'm a mod. Yeah. Just friend of the community. Absolutely. <laughs> He's just you a friend right. of the podcast. You can introduce yourself however you want. All right. So... Begrudgingly awake, I've been in, in TDM. I'm pretty sure everyone knows this since about the first week. You know, somehow ended up becoming a mod like last year or something. And I think I'm the only mod to never actually issue any sort of ban or mute for any reason other than memes. So God, I'm we're... either the worst or the best mod, depending how you see it. But I feel, feel like some background that, I don't know, maybe I'll pull into uh, once in a while is, that's a little bit unique for me is uh, have a lot of a co coaching experience mostly in other sports but i did spend one year coaching football but i also spent seven years coaching college rugby four of which was head coach for a d1 program so you know once in a while i feel like that comes into play with you know looking at things and uh understanding where coaches come from a little bit more than the average fan especially when you're looking at teams like atlanta and arthur smith and uh people's hatred for him while he's still winning games <laughs> i was gonna ask like as a coach yourself like what what's your read on arthur smith you know, like, for the record, for anyone listening who's maybe not as involved in the main chat channel, I love Arthur Smith. I think that he's a fantastic uh, troll job to the fantasy community, which often thinks we should and deserve to come first. Um, but I, I, in actuality, I think he's a pretty decent NFL coach. What's your read on that, Bug? I think he's actually a great NFL coach. I mean, especially last year, you look at the roster, it was maybe the worst one talent-wise in the whole NFL. And he ended up winning a good number of games on a team that probably could have, you know, won one or two with most coaches. But he did it just by, you know, not trying to play sexy, not trying to keep up with everyone else. He just said, you know, what's, what's the way that our team can win games? And they went out and did it. And that was, you know, running the ball at the ass over and over again and saying passing games mostly for nerds. So we're just going to do what we can to, you know, get games within like a small margin, keep it close so that, hey, you know, it you can lessen the skill gap by doing things like that rather than saying, oh, man, we're p facing Patrick Mahomes. So we need to come out ready to throw up 55 times because we know we're going to be playing down most of the time. So in, in situations specific to that, like the more possessions you have for each team, the more the skill gap increases. But if you can get it down to, you know, fewer possessions the less that skill gap is probably going to show up and you can you know essentially look into more wins than if you're letting you know other things factor into it yeah that that's it's good to hear that you feel the same way like clearly he's doing something right right like i mean i i understand why it's frustrating that we're playing this game of luck essentially that we're trying to get the odds in our favor with as many advanced analytics as we possibly can and they can all point to you know drake london going off this year and kyle pitts being 
Travis Kelsey mixed with Tony Gonzalez and uh, the, the best parts of Antonio Gates. But, like, at the end of the day, I'm sorry, Cordero Patterson and Tyler Algier, they're going to get the brunt of the work, whether you like it or not, with, with, a, with a heaping helping of John U. Smith. But it's good stuff. Uh, uh, especially, you know, when you got a question at quarterback, it's just irresponsible to just go out there and be like, well, Kyle Pitts and Drake London are two of our best assets, so we need to throw them the ball as much as possible when, you know, when Desmond Ritter's throwing you the ball, it doesn't matter how good those guys are a lot of times. The, there's going to be screw-ups and mistakes and misreads, and you're just giving the bad things more chances to happen than, than handing it off to Tyler Algier and knowing he's going to get four yards pretty consistently. Why do you, not to keep it on the Falcons super long, but why do you think that they've stuck with Ritter over Heineke? I mean, it's hard to say exactly. I generally think a coach knows pretty well from what they see in practice, but ultimately I think it's going to come down to one or two things. One, they see the raw skills and think he's going to develop and continue to, to, you know, succeed or grow. And they're just wanting to let that happen and not throw away the potential of what they think could come or the other thing would be just the day in and day out of practice they th- they see that uh ritter is going to be a more consistent option and you can win games with someone who's you know very much a tyler lg or like not sexy but very consistent you know what you're going to get out of them i'm not i'm not sure if that's the case for ritter but if they're looking at heineke and and he's just mercurial where you're yeah he's going to make a good play and, and he might win you a game here and there but he's if he's going to shit the bed and lose a few too then it's really hard to uh, it's really hard to coach around something like that where you don't really know what you're going to get out of someone because not only does it make the team more consistent, it's harder to coach the other players around someone who isn't actually always doing you know quote unquote the right thing. Even if sometimes you know they might they might completely abandon the play and get a nice run or something. It's like it's come off of like what what everyone else needs to expect, and it's hard to develop and, co- and cohesively like advance a team like that. Totally. And look out for Tyson Bajan. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to expand on that a little bit, too. Uh, really, with only, like, two sentences. I don't think Arthur Smith really sees a reason to move on. They're 4-2. and two. Yeah, they're winning games. They're totally. first in their division. Why would you change it what up? The f- What's a coach supposed to do but win games, right? Like, that's their number one thing. He, he can go out there and, you know try and make risky things or whatever and end up at one and five like he'd be looking down the barrel of losing his job even if you know drake london would already be at 800 yards his his boss pays him to win games not to put up fantasy stat lines yeah it's like it's like that meme of the the dark castle on one side and then the sunny yellow brick road on one side the dark castle lightning hellish descending from the skies that's the Washington Commanders right now. And then the sunny yellow brick roadside. That's your Atlanta Falcons, right? We're, we're, we're basically talking similar situations here with kind of late round quarterbacks. Crappy late round quarterbacks and where they heavily depend on the run, even though they have decent receiving options and quality defenses. At the end of the day, they're built very similarly, except one of them is currently a playoff team, and one of them is very well not. Although, incidentally, didn't the Commanders beat the Falcons? Am they I did. mistaken there? Okay. <laughs> no, they they did. We week one was week one was a long time ago. But yeah, I mean, if you're Arthur Smith, 
And I know we all hate him as fantasy people. I don't. I don't hate him. I mean, just like from a fantasy perspective, if you have Pitts, you have London. I mean, for sure. Whatever. Like you're not thrilled how he's calling plays. You have to get used to the fact he's gonna be there next year. If he makes the playoffs, they're gonna keep him around. Right. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. Get used to it. Like I feel like the the fantasy community at large is almost like like they're almost throwing like toddler toddlerish temper tantrums where we're like people are angry that they can't get what they want even though the team is winning in real life like they they have the bones of a pretty competent team like any way you slice it and it's like you know tough that uh that your guys aren't going off but but at the same time like i don't understand why people aren't freaking out like you know in miami like Jalen Waddle's not really doing that much. You got like, uh, you know, T. Higgins. He's not doing anything. You know, like we 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 did this whole carousel uh, earlier this year with with the Brock Purdy thing. You know, over Trey Lance. Like, maybe these guys who win football teams know a thing or two about what they're doing. Yeah, and then even as far as the Falcons are going right now, they played the Bucks, who I think people would say is a relatively comparable team talent wise um and the falcons won despite fumbling it three times within the bucks 10 yard line including twice at the one so like they're just That's... turning it over in the red zone over and over and they still won yeah that turned a blowout what that would have been a blowout otherwise they should have won by what 20 something yeah and instead it was three so yeah arthur smith called the game well enough to win by a lot more than they did he's going to be around forever because that division is terrible and the falcons are built actually pretty well outside of quarterback yeah sorry for your london shares fellas and honestly he's not even doing that bad right now london's been fine (laughs) like so like i don't even really i it to me it's just more of a meme at this point yeah, like, I, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. Drake London's wide receiver 29. I know that's not what people are looking for out of him right now, but he had a goose egg in week one and is also still wide receiver 29. You extrapolate past that one week where they obviously didn't know what the fuck they were doing. And he's a very startable player in pretty much any format. Not necessarily yeah. what you want for what you paid for, but you get startable years out of your 22-year-old until they replace him. Yeah, cheer He'll up, be, Drake He's going to be fans. okay. He's going to be just like, fine. It you you could have Calvin Ridley. Curses! Your very good wide receiver is only going to put up wide re- wide receiver two numbers for a few years. Yeah, that that was oh, a no. good uh, that was a good impromptu Falcons segment. Yeah, we didn't even <laughs> we didn't even mean to talk about the Falcons. We we're just it here. needed to be said though. It's yeah. it's such a like each week the 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 temperature on the community at large's feelings towards Arthur Smith just grows more and more. And we, re- we need to realize that this is a reactive game. We're, we're not going to bully Arthur Smith into not using Jonu Smith. You know, we're just not going to do that. Yeah. He doesn't care. No, he's made it abundantly clear today that he doesn't care. Yeah. He and said, also with every play call he's made all year. Yeah. He said, shouts out to climate change. Maybe we should do something about that. Yeah. 
He just wants to win football games, and frankly, if you're a Falcons fan, that's all you should want him to do anyway. That's the point. Because he yeah. play, he's playing unfantasy football. Yeah. So. Oh, boo-hoo, you're going to win your division. Yeah. And, like, your, oh, man. your young, study-looking skill position players have, like, slightly above average stats. Ooh. What a terrible place to be in. I can't remember exactly which coach said it once, but the classic quote, Hello, you play to win the game. Isn't that Herm Edwards? <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was Herm Edwards. Anyway, the reason we were actually here today is to talk about the uh, looming trade deadline before we decided that the Falcons are far more interesting. Um, but yeah, this is uh, the last week before we have a trade deadline coming up, so... I guess I'll start with you, Bug, since you are the guest of the day. Is there any move you really want to see happen uh, in the coming week here? Want to or realistically think might happen? Either or. Or both. If you got them both lined up. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I'm, I'm always terrible on knowing when people's contracts are going to expire. Mm-hmm. But I, I think realistically the, the most likely thing we need to keep in in our minds is that there probably won't be any trades that actually matter at all. Like it's so few times that the trade deadline comes, especially for, you know, offensive skill position players, which we care about that any of them are moved because you're, you're trying to get these guys up to speed. And as a competing team, you probably don't have the time to really, you know, set aside to try and get this guy up to speed. And if you're buying them, that's kind of the idea, right? But I think the most obvious one, and I feel like this is the guy who comes up, you know, when I'm just scanning through things, is Derrick Henry. Mm-hmm. And it comes down to a lot of, he's on an expiring contract, he's an old running back, and Tennessee offense is just overall pretty shit right now, right? Yeah, and not doing so it's here. So it's a question of, all right, would a change of scenery actually benefit him? Maybe. You know, it's hard to tell the difference between bad offense and maybe he's lost a step there mm-hmm. but i think he's the one that if we're looking at someone if i'm a team maybe he's a rental that that could work for me but you know it, it needs to be that perfect marriage of finding someone whose system he's going to fit decently because he's not you know the perfect fit for everything he's a pretty unique running back and you can't just stuff him in any you know team like you're playing madden and think oh man he's going to bust off now because he's bigger faster stronger than you know x running back yeah, I, I do think, you know, there, there's been an insane amount of high-profile running back injuries so far this year. So I do think that there is a pretty realistic chance that he gets moved just because, like, even if it's a relatively low-risk move probably by anybody who makes it, and the Titans are about to start Will Levis, so they know they're not doing anything. And I'm sure that they would prefer to get anything for him than not, you know? And I don't I don't know, like, the best fit if that's, like, the Rams with Kyler, uh, uh, Kyron Williams gone or, you know, the Browns losing Nick Chubb. Uh, my Ravens lost J.K. Dobbins. I personally don't really want him, but a lot of people, uh, supposedly there's some mutual interest there, you know? There's certainly a lot of uh, landing spots that he could go. Now, whether or not that's like the slam dunk that fantasy owners want, 
uh, yeah, I, I totally agree with your points. You know, it, it's not like you probably know more than, than anyone else here. Um, that like a football team is a lot more than just moving one guy from one team to another. Like there's a human and scheme element at play that a lot of people forget about. Yeah. I think there's a couple of things worth considering too. One, uh, you, you mentioned three teams there that could probably use them scheme wise, you know, he's putting him in one of those, you know, zone running schemes like the Rams or the Vikings do. That's probably not the best fit for him, you know, but putting him in a gap scheme where he can just kind of hit those holes hard. And like, that's generally where he's going to make his best. Hey, from, from what I know about Henry's game. And that would be the Ravens of those groups. And not that Gus Edwards is exactly the same, but they kind of already have someone in that mold who is just going to, you know, rip through bodies and hitting a hole versus, you know, depending on how a team runs, runs the outside zone. You know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. You got, you got the 49ers who loved using, uh, God, who's their backup to McCaffrey? Uh, Mitchell. Mitchell. They loved him because that he kind of played that almost like a, a gap scheme runner where he just, he was just told here's one hole and you're going to hit it hard. But a lot of them tend to have a bit more read to it. And in a situation like that, I think, you know, Henry's a very capable running back who could adjust to it. But if he's playing in a way that's not really his nature, all of a sudden when you're thinking on the field, your athleticism basically disappears. So that'd be tough. But I think almost the bigger thing to consider is you mentioned Will Levis coming in and hollowing out a team around a quarterback you're trying to develop makes it really hard to actually evaluate their talent. And I'll speak to this come from the coaching standpoint. I had some years where I had rosters basically devoid of talent other than if, other than a few guys and you get new new players coming in and it's really hard to evaluate what they can do when everyone around them sucks. And so totally. if you're not having, you know, a running back who can keep the defense honest or you're putting, you know, a rookie like Tajay Spears in there and he doesn't always know exactly what's the right thing to do. You know, you're putting Will Levis, Levis in situations where he needs to be the guy a lot more than you maybe want to for someone you're trying to evaluate and you're trying to, you know, bring along slowly. Yeah, but do, do we really think, you know, not, not to hone in too heavily on, like, the Titans here, but you know what? This could be a Falcons-Titans show, <laughs> the two teams <laughs> everybody wants to talk about the most. Um. But do you, do you really think that they're going to try to, like, develop Will Levis? I, I feel like the direction of this team is let's throw him and Willis to the Wolves, and if one of them kind of can do anything, then maybe we can build around them. But if not, then, you know, we'll, like they, they'll just take another guy next year. I mean, would they spend on uh, Levis for a draft cap? Was it second or third? Uh, it was, was like a high second. second that they traded yeah. out early before. second and they did a third the year before for willis right mm -hmm. right <clears throat> so they're just moving one up one round up every year yeah i think i mean that levis, you really want to set that pick on fire yeah I, you gotta try him out right you gotta at least give him what they've got 10 games left you don't spend a second round pick on someone to just not play them at all and then just move on no, but I I think that it's not it's not outside the realm of possibility that they're like I, I wouldn't be surprised if we have seen the last of Tannehill's starting days for the Titans and they just roll with Levis the rest of the way. I think that but, makes I mean, a lot of sense. I, I I think that makes 
easily the most amount of sense because you know you're not doing anything with Tannehill and he's not getting any younger and he's also looked horrendous even when healthy this year. Um, but 10 games for a second round pick, like, isn't that kind of in line with what we usually see with like these not with these non uh, first round quarterbacks in terms of times to evaluate them? It is good to evaluate, but I think it's one of those things. It's like you don't want to end up having to put too much on their shoulders. I know, I know, I know. A lot of people think differently than me, but I prefer to keep a pretty tight rein on someone like that. You know, put him in games, and if things start to go south, don't have him try and work his way out of it. Just pull him, put put Tannehill in to steady the ship, and just say, "Hey, man, game gets close, we'll push you back in." But uh, you know, at this moment, we don't want to fuck you up and make you develop bad habits of you know the pressure is getting to you and you're trying to force things too much. You know, it's it's a hard thing to do and it's gonna especially the way the media is you know you bench a guy a couple times and all of a sudden they you know they're going to be all up in arms about it but you can really screw up a young quarterback's development by putting them in bad situations and letting them sit there the the Tua Fitzpatrick principle yeah like people hated it but I think that was a really smart way to bring them along you know don't don't do the was it Sam Darnold the when he had the seeing ghosts thing yeah. yeah yeah like they you can develop some really bad habits on these guys and hurt their careers because suddenly the instinct that they develop is a negative one and it's really hard to train someone out of that when they've done that so you you think uh so you're thinking derrick henry you might stay i'd say i'm probably leaning to m- more towards this likely that i stay one because big deals rarely happen superstars rarely move except for apparently the christian mccaffrey case but um yeah i mean just by default that that's why i lean that and also for him but it depends on you know how the their gm wants to do it is he is it get any value you can i mean it makes sense to move him but you you also have to balance that you've got really competing interests so i think it's more likely that he stays but i think it'd be more fun for the league if he doesn't you you think it's more fun for the league if he stays? If he if he gets traded. Oh yeah, yeah. definitely. Which uh, I think that's you know pretty cold take there. Yeah, I I everyone obviously wants to see that you know the Ravens have an electric offense and everything, so <laughs> it would stand to reason that yeah this big this big boy who can just truck anybody he wants like you put that on there. Wouldn't it be sick if the the defense is never knew if Lamar was going to run it or Henry was going to run it or, you know, they pass it to Mandrews? Like, yeah. Do you feel the same way with Hopkins? Do you think that Hopkins stays? Oh, Matt, poor guy. If I remember, they gave him a pretty good amount guaranteed on his deal. So I don't know if trading him actually works cap-wise very well. And with how things are going, I don't know how much someone's going to trade for him, but... I mean, if you trade away Hopkins, I think that'd be even less likely than Henry because who is Will Levis going to throw to? Nicky Keen Westbrook? You're goddamn uh, right. <laughs> some people are still holding a torch for uh, for oh, Chig God, Traylon, and uh, Traylon Burks still exists. Yeah, and and Kyle Phillips, remember him? He, as soon as he comes back from his second stint on IR this season, it is over for all of you <laughs> haters. Yeah, like. I think especially in terms of receiving options, if you don't have anyone good to throw to and you're kind of shifting Sands to the quarterback because a lot of the receivers are running, you know, they're reading the defense and 
running a different route depending on what they see. It's not just Madden where they're running, you know, this thing no matter what. Like, it, you need people to get on the same page with the quarterback and to be reliably predictable. And if, and if you're moving the guy who is your best receiver and can also be a good example to the other guys in the room, you know, it's kind of a shaky situation for Levis if he's thrown to that crew where I don't need with Traylon Burks, Nikkeen, Nikkeen Westbrook, Chig are the best receiving options. Like, that's gross. Very, uh, very Chicago Bears-esque from last year, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Well, well even they tried to bring in Chase Claypool. To trade okay, we, we don't need to get into that, but... Um... <laughs> Yeah, uh, so Hopkins, you're, Hopkins, Henry, feels like you're kind of leaning more towards them staying. Is there anyone else that, uh, you know, that, like like Jerry Judy? He's probably the guy with the most smoke other than those two. Other than Derrick Henry, you know, talking about getting moved potentially. How? What, what, what's your take on that? So my confessions have always kind of been a, jerry judy hater since day one i forget who was all in his draft group but i had them, i think I had him as the wide receiver four or five when he a lot of people had him as one that was which... yeah the lamb justin jefferson jalen rager was, yeah. was rager that year there was someone else that all-star nice to have that year too but yeah that was judy be an interesting one to see move but i i think people are gonna always end up having expectations outside of outside of what he can probably really do you know i think i think his upside in a great situation is being you know a good not great which we've already seen and i think he has already hit a ceiling so if another team could use a use a passing attack or another passing weapon that'd be nice but i don't see him garnering all that much in return for him which and the Broncos have painted themselves into just a terrible corner with what they've done trading for a coach and Russell Wilson. So, ugh. I don't know. They're, they're in a terrible situation. It does kind of feel like, uh, uh, like, you know, me being the unintelligent vibes couch GM guy, it does kind of, like, the feeling that I get out of the Broncos is that Sean Payton was given some sort of assurance coming in that even if this all goes south and sideways, like it kind of did with Russ last year, I feel like they gave Payton some sort of assurance that was like, no matter what happens, you're our coach for the next, uh, how long is he signed for? Five well, years? usually rookie picks get four, like rookie first rounders get four years plus like a team fifth year option. <laughs> can we yeah, give but, sean paid that like like it, it feels like he was given some sort of assurance by the by the front office that was like even if this whole rust thing goes completely belly up like you're our guy like we we want you to like basically write the ship any way that that happens and i i don't necessarily know if if russ is gonna be cut or whatever i know like he's not a very pro uh, he's not really hearing a lot of trade whispers for extremely obvious reasons, but there, there is some chatter about him being cut. Um, I don't know if that happens, but it does kind of feel like uh, Payton's allowed to basically do whatever he wants with that roster. 
and if it's like not his guy, basically if you're not a former Saint from 2019, you're not really guaranteed on that roster unless he drafted you. So I don't Adam like Troutman will never die. Apparently. Yeah. Adam Troutman, uh, Brandon Marsh, Brandon Johnson, Chicago's mayor. Uh, you, you got a uh, little Jordan Humphrey. I think he was cut though. Um, I believe it's pronounced Lil Jordan. <laughs> my, my bad. Um, <laughs> after that pronunciation talk, um, this all day. Yeah. But, but, you know, like the Jerry Judy thing, I, I feel like there maybe is some smoke behind it because it feels like Jerry Judy is just not, it feels like he's on the outside looking in. He's being clowned on. I think Sean Payton has a very fragile ego that's bruising right now. Um, so he would be somebody interesting. Though the rumors that are coming out about him have been hilarious. Like all that smoke about him potentially going to Indy and then it comes out that Denver's the one who's been repeatedly calling Indy about him. Like, <laughs> like, yeah, dude, I'm sure there's a ton of interest for this guy. That's like me to my league mates, you know, claiming that there's so many people knocking on my door for for 31-year-old Robert Woods, you know? It, it, trust me, there's a lot of interest, man. You know you want to give me a, a second or something for him. I sent out 10 Robert Woods offers today as having him in a rebuild. I offered him for fourths and like 30% blind bidding dollars. So far, unanimous knows. Ouch. I mean, I do think, not to go on a tangent for Robert Woods, but I think he's like, he's fine this year. He's leading the Texans in targets. He's leading them. He's the leader. There's nobody ahead of him. Don't look at the other stats. <laughs> but yeah, anyways some goofy stuff out of Denver. Yeah, and speaking of the Colts, there's a player that I think should get moved this week, and they've been premiering him as, like, their guy all season, and that's Zach Moss. They just signed Jonathan Taylor to that huge contract. He's obviously their guy for the next three years. Moss has been playing great all year. He's on a contract year. Uh, Anthony Richardson went down. Tank, get another good pick, build around Anthony Richardson, get something for Zach Moss. And you know what? Looking at the top teams, you know who could really use like a first and second down runner? The Buffalo Bills. I think it's reunion time. <laughs> Was Send them back. Just a setup for, for that joke. <laughs> uh, it's not, honestly, it's not even that much of a joke. They need someone that can run between the tackles. I mean, James, Con or James Cook's system, been right? looking very good, but. Yeah, you got a guy that knows the system that's obviously been playing very well in a good situation. I, Why not? I feel like the I feel like the Bills They wouldn't do I, it, but it'd be I, really yeah, funny. I, I, I feel like like he would he would this. match what they need right now, but I feel like something happened behind the scenes with him and the Bills. Like th that that relationship seemed to go south very quickly. Yeah, but realistically, I do think Zach Moss has played well enough and being in a contract year, obviously his days are either numbered as a starter for the Colts or just as a member of the Colts altogether, approaching free agency. Um, and just looking at the teams that could potentially be buyers at the deadline, I think the Bucks would actually be a good option for him. Uh, Pairing with Rashad White, who is kind of more of that satellite build anyway. Um... I think that could actually be a decent one-two punch and a potentially long-term landing spot for him. 
the the Bucks are definitely in dire need of a running back. Yeah. Um, kind of in like a similar vein. I mean, the the timeline has definitely been a lot smaller since Zach Moss, but I would love if my Chicago Bears were able to trade Dante Dante Foreman, however you pronounce his first name. Uh, given that we healthy scratched him, we're not playing for anything, and he's clearly a beast. And like he can do a ton of damage. I don't understand why nobody in the league wants to start form. He's a good back. He's a good back. He's been doing it for years. I drafted too. him a lot of places, thinking, all right, he's probably the two there. Yeah, th- I did too. The fact that he was like a healthy scratch is such an indictment of our coaching staff. It it makes no sense. Like imagine him on the Rams. Yeah, he's probably the best offensive player outside of dj Moore on that team i i think he's that justin fields you heard me you heard that secret (laughs) agent man i mean i i certainly think that he's better than roshan you know i mean foreman's just a very good player he has been year over year but because he tore his achilles when he was like 23 he can't possibly be good now despite the fact that he has been for four years now it's ridiculous i don't get it but I yeah, know. it's one of those things. Like, clearly, they 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 you assume they've got a reason because they had three running backs in front of them between Khalil Herbert, Deonta Foreman, and then Travis Homer. Well, and Travis times, Homer, you can explain away by saying he's just flatly the special teams guy. Yeah, that's that's true. He's gonna be the third running back on game day roster. But I mean, it's I don't know if you break down the film and you look at Deonta Foreman. You know, got three touchdowns this last week. And you ask yourself, is this something that literally any running back with, you know, moving legs is going to be able to do? I don't think so. I think he, I think from what I saw, he had to make a few decent plays on that. So, I don't know, maybe there's a consistency issue or some reason why the coaching staff just didn't want, didn't want to put him in there. But if the Bears could ship him, if they really don't, don't think he's, you know, usually game day, game day roster for him, then literally any pick is an upgrade for them if they could do that. Yeah, and he was only signed here for a year, and I, I don't think we gave him like a ton of money. So, um, so yeah, if we could get anything for him, like it's so clear that like you know a, a team like the like the Browns or the Rams or the Bucks, like like Foreman would be an upgrade for a lot of people. Um, maybe 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 even the Vikings, you know, maybe get an in division trade going on. You know what I'm saying? But uh, we know. just got the Cam Akers for, you know, what might actually be free. Yeah, but so we've had one torn Achilles on the team. I don't know if you're allowed to have two. Well, if if you get two guys with torn Achilles, then you have one guy that has just no legs whatsoever, and the other that has, <laughs> has no legs, yeah, normal legs. You, you you sew them together, you know. Speaking of, uh, if no one noticed, uh, Akers outtouched Madison on Monday. I, I have mean, nothing without to make Madison's of it, complaint. it's coming again. I we're we're, he... on, we're, on, we're on the backup on the uh, the Acres roller coaster. We're so, doing like, this. We're I, doing I this. have never it's owned just... any Cam Acres, and there is like just there the is Bitcoin not a of running go... backs, baby. We're going back <laughs> up. Is it okay? The the issue with calling him the Bitcoin of running backs is that Bitcoin at least surges to insane degrees. Cam Akers, it's like you get like a 
you you had his rookie year where Hero he was look, you know where he was what war daddy was that what people were calling him yeah i mean then he like, tanks you, and he was had... worth nothing and then last yeah, year then... he was getting 33 points per game at the end of the season for like three games though that's that's deontay foreman we're going back there. up I, I, i'm telling you right now he's gonna be a playoff know, winner man. it's gonna happen he seems like the poor man's foreman yeah it doesn't it doesn't even matter this game is stupid you know that right it's gonna it's happen an ex- it's an extremely stupid game but i mean <laughs> this is just I, how it works i don't make the rules i mean i don't know i love keeping track like you know me like a- anyone who follows my messages on this server i love following even the most minute change in direction of any backfield right now i have been singing my my brethren in christ i have been singing the praises of chris rodriguez for the last three weeks saying he's he's gonna become a thing and he He just keeps getting he just keeps getting like one percent more of the backfield every week and if this trend continues baby you know that being said i don't want anything to do with cam Akers, even with this change in usage i'm out i'm out even when he performs he ends up like talking smack about the coach's wife or something that well, gets in the doghouse and and they and they they try to get rid of him it's gonna happen once is once is a thing but two seasons in a row or whatever it's gonna happen yeah i i cannot wait for the whatever tell all comes out about his relationship with mcveigh like <laughs> what the hell happened there i i think the wildest thing is was it last year that he got suddenly uh healthy scratch because of like some issue like that yeah they they and, literally like told him they, it was like a chase claypool situation yeah, where don't like come to the facility don't even yeah, show McVeigh, up like mcveigh said like we told him not to come in yeah and what was the resolution of that though all of a sudden after a few weeks of that you hear all right rams running back is getting released oh no it's daryl henderson <laughs> it doesn't have to be and sense. then acres is back because what is this well to be fair like last year and this year on the rams just seem like parallel dimensions of the same season because we we had we had so many groundhog day moments this year with acres kyron williams kind of too like kyron like kyron williams this year was supposed to be kyron williams last year but kyron williams broke his ankle was it his ankle or something like immediately it was like the opening kickoff, right? Yeah, he I, uh, he got hurt pretty quickly last season. Yeah, like and he was like the, the like Aaron Rodgers this year on the Jets was just high profile Kyron Williams from last year mm-hmm. on the Rams. Um, it was it just instantly out for the year. Um, and then th- this year played out pretty much the same way with Cam Akers, only. We had a couple weeks of healthy Kyron Williams this time, and that was enough for him to get the boot. Yep. It's okay though. And now Daryl Williams is back, or Daryl Henderson is back. Daryl Henderson is back. It's just it, time was a flat circle. I don't think yep. I've said that before on the podcast, and uh, it's because it's true. And it I'm going to say it again next week too, because time is a flat circle. <laughs> um, <laughs> one last player I think could end up getting moved is. Uh, and I think everyone kind of sees this the same way too. Is uh, Hollywood Brown has been talked about quite a bit. With didn't they come the, out uh, and say that they weren't moving him? 
I've heard that before. About him or? I uh, just in general. I, I guess this is me trying to channel my inner GM. But if you have a player that you're considering keeping around, unless you get the right offer, you're not going to go publicly say that you're going to move him because if you don't, you don't want them to be disgruntled at home. So I think that's just a lot of coach speak slash front office speak. It makes too much sense to move him. Especially with the Cardinals being... I know we kind of pumped them up last week as being not that horrible, but they are also still 1-6. So, like... <laughs> it's weird. They do not feel as bad as... They, they don't feel like 1-6. And, and with Michael Wilson being pretty good, and with Rondale Is being, Michael Wilson that good, though? He's fine. He's, he's a, fine. He's a fine don't NFL want... player, but they're going to be in that Marvin Harrison area of the draft. You want to get I your guess... new number one. Rondale's a fine slot. You got supplementary guys for that new number one. You can probably get a, at least a second-round pick for Hollywood with ex- how expensive wide receivers are now. I don't know. Don't, like, don't don't you, like, we're, we're not talking about the Cardinals, like, merely being, like, the Cardinals next year, they don't want to merely be, like, a good team. They want to be like a great team. They want to win that division um, with their franchise quarterback who will ostensibly be healthy by then. Don't you want to do that with more than one wide receiver who's going to be a rookie? I mean, if you really want to bring him back, you could just talk to him and say, hey, we're going to send you off for five, six games, whatever, and then we'll call you in the offseason or whatever. Or you can sign. It's a pretty deep free agency this year anyway for wide receiver so i just don't really think it's all that pressing get what you can there's no guarantees sticks around anyway so that's true i i guess like you could tag him you could like i i there's just like a lot of question marks there's a lot of question marks on offense for the cardinals you know like uh isn't this the final year of james connor's contract yeah, but they'll probably sign him to like another seven-year, ten million dollar a year deal or something like that. Because James you don't Conner think they're gonna, eternal. you don't think they're gonna roll with Imari Di Mercato. I think they would no. if it weren't for the fact that James Conner will never die. <laughs> True. He's quickly becoming the new Frank Gore, just without like the early career part. Yeah. He just he's just there. He's gonna get his four yards carry. And you people are going to have to live with it. <laughs> I will. Um, yeah, I guess, I guess Hollywood's like a I could really interesting name to, to keep your eyes on. But, like, where do you think he would go? Wide receiver is one of those positions where I just think any team would just take another one. Because why yeah. not? Spread defenses thinner. Um, do you think he would go to... Just looking at who's in the playoffs right now, uh, Dallas could probably use another pass catcher. Uh, Jacksonville, because apparently Kelvin Ridley can't catch. The Chiefs is the obvious one, because all of their wide receivers are terrible, and they're still in first. Um, But, yeah, I mean, there's... Realistically... The Atlanta Falcons. Any team that's in the playoffs right now could use (laughs) them. The Falcons actually could... I I say it somewhat unironically because he he would give them something very different than what Drake London, um, 
Kyle Pitts, Jono Smith, or Mac Hollins is going to give them. Yeah, they got a bunch of big dudes. And Van Jefferson. Don't forget oh, Van I Jefferson. For- I already forgot Van Jefferson. Speaking of trades. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not to be mean or anything, but... Yeah, I just don't think of that guy. Well, um, I was actually... Yeah, I looked up some trade deadline rumors here, and one that stuck out mm-hmm. that I don't... I don't hate the idea of other than some of other than the fact that the Cardinals told us they're looking to trade for another one, but it said uh, Adam Thielen and to the Buffalo Bills. Which, if you ignore Bryce Young's development, which it seems like the Panthers are pretty intent on trying to do with their offensive line, um, <laughs> I, I, I think that Thielen on the Bills would be a really good, you know, a really good uh, person to have on there. Like, Gabe Davis probably shouldn't be a team's wide receiver, too. And he's just so streaky, and he kind of plays one role. But Diggs, Thielen, we know that combination works pretty well for passing attack. That would be hilarious if there was another... Oh, man, if Diggs and Adam Thielen were the wide receivers for the Bills? That's that's almost, like, too perfect. What year are we in? Man, 2023, the year of our Lord there. Where the where somehow the Buffalo, Vikings. the Buffalo Bills wide receivers are the 2019 Vikings. Oh yeah, <laughs> that that would be interesting. Um, it, it feels like all the trade rumors are the other way, um, but I guess yeah, if the Bills came knocking and you know made them an offer they couldn't refuse of like a, I don't know what what, what would that be like a sixth round pick. I mean, no clue. Be a I... Ton. I think they would get more than you'd expect because, especially if it's a rent, well, and it's especially for a rental like that where it's you're just getting a guy for one year and then you're expecting to hit free agency anyway. You're gonna get the same whether yeah. they're thirty three or twenty three. Yeah, the team can't ask too much. Like, yeah, they don't... I don't. I feel like every couple of years we get a guy who's traded, and it's like for a fourth, and you think like, oh man, he was a pretty solid player, like he was a starter for them and it's you end up with like these just mid-round picks or something for a dude that you wouldn't have expected to be there yeah but then it it ends up being oh they played for that team for 10 games yeah i could see the bills going all out for for some sort of receiver since they've like i'm pretty sure mcdermott's like pretty much publicly said like we desperately need a wide receiver too um and unless uh, they activate Justin Shorter soon, um, you know, we pretty much know what all of their guys are. Maybe, maybe Dalton Kincaid will, will emerge, though, and essentially be that. He had we a don't great, great week this week. Yeah. He had a, he had a nice little breakout. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah these honestly, kind of needs to be Kincaid. Like, I don't expect Deontay Hardy to somehow become, like, a very viable wide receiver three every down for a team. No. Um, He's a nice gadget yeah. player. He's a good NFL player. Not necessarily someone that you want to play in fantasy, but he has his role. I mean, just like Gabe Davis. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Best ball legend. Oh, I love starting Gabe Davis for like the one game every month that he just blows up. Yeah. How do you feel about the other three? I just hope the rest of my guys can pull that dead weight in the meantime 
<laughs> Please. Yeah, I I think we pretty much hit all the big rumors though. I don't I don't know if there's anybody. Really I mean, there's else. some defensive players that have been rumored. Obviously, Brian yeah, Burns. But I mean, that kind of. This thing is a like, fantasy podcast. Hey, we don't. I play we don't IDP. Care about that. Kind of. I'm in a league. See, the problem with IDP is it's supposed to make defensive players more important, but then you realize how absolutely useless they are for fantasy, no matter what. Oh yeah. I feel like you just end up not giving a single shit. It's like, well, linebacker who is kind of poor, but he ends up getting 12 tackles a game or an actually really bad corner is going to score a lot more points than a good one because he's just eating tackles. Yep. So, yeah, we'll we'll skip all those guys. Um, I'm going to be honest, I didn't really have a whole lot other than trade talk for this week. I figured we'd be able to power through another, I don't know, 40 minutes so if anyone in the chat here has some community questions we'll get started 10 minutes early yeah i'm not, I'm not uh, sure well we, I, we we could reverse engineer this like we is can, there anything a little bit. crazy that happened this week you know that like well, we're here's one that we previewed uh before we got on here was the biggest trades in the nfl for the last uh oh like, yeah yeah years. oh yeah and i think this gives good context to what we were just talking about of, of why the whole time we were kind of addressing all the rumors like we're, we're we're dressing it up with a whole lot of like this probably isn't gonna happen absolutely like especially compared to the nba and mlb like the nfl has so few of those big superstar players moving around especially in trades so like the this is from a list of apparently the 12 biggest uh, trade deadline names in the last 12 years i'm just gonna pick up the skill players but they're not a lot of them are these big names so coming in at number 10 on the list was last year the vikings getting tj hawkinson so they got him in a fourth for a a fourth and a conditional fourth for a second and a third man i forgot how crazy last year's trade last year's trade deadline was actually kind of lit yeah i'm kind of hoping that that like set a trend going forward where teams realize i'm sure the nfl would love that you know the nba players occasionally yeah, the N- the NFL is very trade shy, which it might honestly a big part of the reason why the deadline's so quiet every year in the NFL is because scheme is so important and knowing what you're doing on every single play is so important. Where you, it's hard to just fit someone into the cog of the machine. Um, mm-hmm. so I think that's why it's quiet. But if you see someone like Hawk who's plays potentially the most difficult position in the game outside of quarterback. I mean, we could talk all the time about how difficult it is for rookies to learn tight end in the NFL. And he immediately went off with the Vikings. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe people will just see that and be like, hey, we'll do something for once. Yeah, they let someone else go first and see that it actually works. Someone's going to trade for Zach Ertz. You heard it here first. He just went on the IR with a quad strain. Yeah. As soon as he's back, it's (laughs) over. I think his career might be over. <laughs> uh, who else we got, Bug? All right, someone else whose career is over was in 2019. The 49ers acquired Emmanuel Sanders. Uh, they sent a third and the fourth for Emmanuel Sanders and a fifth. Mm-hmm. And we looked it up before the show. He had, over the last five games there, was it... Uh, or How many yards was it? Sorry. What, wasn't he... Didn't he have, like, was five it, to oh, 600 500. yards? 500 over the last 10 games yeah and i mean 
he quietly was pretty useful for them in, as an offense. Yeah, I, I remember him being like, I remember when that happened, like it was kind of, like I, I've definitely forgotten it since, but I, you know, doing a little digging around in my memory palace, like I remember there were some weeks where it's like, oh, Emmanuel's kind of doing, uh, kind of doing pretty all right there. Yeah, he averaged about 50 yards a game for the uh, 49ers in that little half season he played for them, which for what? A third and fourth, getting a fifth back. Not a contender. Yeah, not That's bad. not a bad deal. Mm-hmm. I mean, so they went, ended up going thirteen and three. So if they felt like they he helped them win games to become a better playoff team, a lot of value in that. Um, another kind of guy who was part of a big playoff run here was twenty seventeen Jay Ajayi, a name that people will remember. He went from the Dolphins over the Eagles. So that one was. I remember that being wild at the time. That was a big deal at the time. Wait, was was that when he went when he went to the Eagles? Was that the year that they won? Um, I'm not yes. really sure. According was to the quote, it... he averaged almost six yards per carry in his first half season with the Eagles and helped them deliver its first Lombardi Trophy. That's crazy. Well, six yards a carry, will do that. He's he's out of the league now, right? Yep. I think he only played like one more season after that. He just completely yeah, like it was a map. very steep like he disappeared. Very steep decline. As quickly <laughs> as he showed up, he vanished. Mm-hmm. Because that was one of those I had him on a team, and if I remember it, he kind of just sat around for a year. Yeah, his rookie year in nine games, he had a, like just under two hundred yards, and he didn't really do anything in his second season for a couple games too. And I'm like, all right, this guy's. I thought he was basically Gary Brightwell. I'm like, all right, this guy, whatever. I'm going to get rid of him. He's obviously not getting the job. He was behind Lamar Miller at the time. Legend. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, whatever. And I drop him, and then he immediately has two 200-yard games in a row. Finish the season just shy of 1,300 yards rushing, another 150 receiving. Like, just exploded. He he had three 200-yard games. Yeah. Like, how many running backs are going to do that this year? Well, and that's just it, is he had that season, blew up, eight touchdowns, almost 1,300 yards, um, in only 12 starts, 15 games, and that those first three after he did nothing, I'm like, all right, I'm getting rid of him. Uh, the next season, he gets traded to the Eagles, has 873 yards, and only one total touchdown, and then he only had 200 yards the rest of his career. Yeah. <laughs> Literally... What an insane drop-off. Showed yeah, up for he, over 2,000 yards in two seasons and then vanished. He just blows up and then dropped the mic and said, I'm out. Yeah. Like, literally. Yeah, I remember I thought I had gold having him as my RB2. Yeah. And for two brilliant years, you did. And honestly, that second year, he only had two total touchdowns and 1,000 yards, which is like 120 fantasy points, roughly. That's great. He only had two touchdowns? Yeah. 208 attempts and, uh, let's see, 24 receptions. That's unreal. Two touchdowns. So in half PPR, (laughs) it would have been like 125 points, which is like an RB3. Nice. There was a lot of people that bought disappointment there after his second season. Yeah? Yep. Retired after 26, and his last season... uh, he had 30 yards on 10 carries 
just fizzled away. Turns out you do need your knee cartilage. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who else we got? All right, next up is, I think this might have been the biggest pay for someone in season, um, Amari Cooper in 2018 going to the Cowboys from the Raiders. That was pretty big. Did, did, that was a was big he one. good down the stretch on that one? I'd have to look it up, but I know he kind of leveled out versus in terms of production versus where he was with the Raiders, where he was the most like 30-point guy, 5.5 point, 25 point. Yeah, I I remember like when and the, the drops, like the the discord the discourse around when he was traded because didn't the didn't the Cowboys send a first oh, first round pick? Yes, sir. Yeah, mm -hmm. like there there was like a lot of discourse of like, oh, is Amari Cooper like a number one receiver? You know, was he worth it? Were the Cowboys fools? Was Jerry, Jerry? I don't know. Was he geriatric? Um, there's a lot yes. of discourse. <laughs> yes. But yeah, and that was Amari Cooper before he got traded. In those first six games, he had 280 yards and a touchdown, which is brutal. I mean, it's 45-ish yards a game. It's like an 800-yard pace, which, if you're like a running back two on a team, that's fine. Wide receiver two? Yeah. Like a team wide receiver two, though. Right, right, right. So, I mean, it wasn't like he was like a bad football player, but he was not doing very well. His success rate was only 39.6%. Uh, catching 50% of passes his way. So, he was not playing very well uh and then he went to dallas and in nine games had 725 yards finished with over 1k that season and then had over 1100 yards in the next two years so that obviously worked out for the cowboys in the long run mm -hmm. before they decided to trade him for a sixth round pick i think something like that it was a that fifth was round a pick. Fifth? yeah that was a smart decision that's well, they had C.D. Smart... Lamb, you know, C.D. Lamb. That's what smart people do. <laughs> yeah, they, they they were a little too all in on C.D. Lamb and, I mean, and Dak. C.D.'s a very good player. We're going to sound silly if we say he isn't, but there's nothing wrong with having two very good players. Yeah, it, it feels like they... Uh, why did they get rid of him? Was, was there like he had he was contract? owed like twenty million dollars that year or something like that? He had mm, a pretty big contract. This was before Christian Kirk made that look like a pretty normal contract. Right, yeah. right, okay, okay. But then he went to Cleveland and playing with Deshaun Watson, who was apparently very bad at football, still had eleven hundred sixty yards and nine touchdowns last year. He was wide receiver one again last year. Well, that was mostly with Jacoby. Also, yeah, yeah. that's Jacoby, Jacoby bringing those numbers up, maybe. Yeah. Let's give the brisket, you know, some flowers here. Speaking of the brisket, we should get him to uh, start some games here. <laughs> well, allegedly, that's going to be very soon, potentially this week. I hope so because I'm genuinely convinced that he is one of the top thirty-two quarterbacks in the NFL. And I'm not I'm, necessarily I'm... convinced that Sam Howell is. Yeah. I, I, think, I, I think that it, I, I think that Ron Rivera is, you know, it's like we were talking earlier. I think Ron Rivera is a little desperate to keep his job, but we'll see. I, I'd probably play Jacoby Brissett. If my, if my job was on the line and I had those two options, I'd give me Jacoby. I mean, Jacoby's a oh, good Oh, for player. sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, like I, he's, I would, I'm with you. 
he goes back to the thing I said earlier, like a coach, such an important thing for, for them, or apparently everyone but Riverboat Ron, is just a reliable guy who he might not have the peaks that you wouldn't have with someone else, but like he's not going to have the valleys because like you don't need everyone to peak all the time. But if you have a guy who's consistently delivering those downtimes, like especially quarterback, that's going to completely derail. Like, sure, sure, you know, Jacoby Brissett's probably not going to like have that, you know, crazy snap game where all of a sudden everything flicks for him. But he's also not going to have the other end as as likely of, you know, just absolutely shitting away a game you're supposed to have won. And even just looking at just from bird's eye view, you know, thousand feet up, whatever, uh, the numbers between Sam Howell and Brissett, I mean, Brissett has more than twice as many touchdowns as interceptions in his career, uh, 48 to 23. Well, anyone keeping track at home has seen Sam Howell throw just about as many picks as Pat, uh, touchdowns now, um, with roughly the same completion percentage. And it's like, if you want to win games, maybe use the guy that takes care of the ball. It's not that hard. I don't know. It, it doesn't... I guess for me, obviously Sam Howell is someone that they thought was someone they could develop into a long-term starter. But it's also someone they didn't invest very much in. The team isn't particularly great. They're probably going to be taking a quarterback, hopefully this year in the first round, with how deep the quarterback pool seems to be in this draft. Um, so at that point, just, I don't know see what else you have outside of Sam Howell because they have a lot of other young players that are actually pretty decent that you can give a better opportunity to show what they've got for the love of God Jahan Dotson please I need you yeah it's you just... guys don't want more Curtis Samuel where was this in 2019 uh what do you mean Curtis Samuel was like the top meme of this entire place in 2019 that's what I mean. Where was this Curtis Samuel when we were oh. gassing him up? <laughs> he's he's actually pretty good at football. I mean, we've been saying this for years. I mean, it's just yeah, the moment always... they bring in someone else. Is that like all of a sudden he's bad? Right, right. It, it's just, you know, everybody was trading for Curtis Samuel in this community like crazy. And, and now it's paying off. Yeah, the, 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 people, the legendary. The people that stuck with it got what they paid for they they diamond hands curtis yeah. samuel for four years you're goddamn right now it's paying off i have a proposal for all the tdm leagues is at some point turning curtis samuel into like the champions traveling trophy that whoever the reigning curtis champ samuel is you team, have to have curtis samuel yep yeah <laughs> it's always on the roster and he's just there as a trophy to say the yes this is the I think this is the original TDM meme. You know, uh, I, him I or think LJ be, Scott. I, I think it'd too. be funny um, <clears throat> if there was like something that we did on the server where we maybe every season we voted for some super deep guy that's like a fringe roster guy and. Uh, you, you 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 either get kicked out of the server if you don't post proof that he's on your roster or you get like a special role or something. I'm pretty sure Puka was that guy. This no, no, year. no, but I, I'm talking like like a guy who's like legitimately not good. <laughs> like like Puka was a good meme, but
but like he's good at like football hoops yeah yeah like th- this year we could do um I don't, I don't even know like jake bobo feels like an obvious one he you might know? actually be good too but he he might actually <laughs> like... be good too so like i i don't know all I, of I these memes all of these memes that we're running into just like are working out it's getting ridiculous yeah. I'm about to say Tyler Scott just because I have a lot of Tyler Scott shares and I need him to hit. Hey, we do have a reaction. So I guess Ty- everyone pick up Tyler Scott because I just need him to be something. <laughs> uh, I do think it would be fun to be in a league, though, where we just pick a player that's just very mediocre. Uh, let me think off the top of my head. Someone like T. Higgins. Um, and then uh, whoever the champ is, has to start this mediocre player. They're traded the trophy, but you have to start oh, them in your wide receiver start? slot all season. Yep, if you're the reigning champ, you have to start this player. And the moment you're not the reigning champ, you have to send them for free to the new champ, and then they have to start this guy. And the moment that guy retires or is like no longer rostered or whatever, you're, the team elects a new one. With, like, the only (laughs) rule being the previous season, they can't be, like, a wide receiver three or a running back three or a tight end two or whatever. Like, they have to be someone that I guess they they start or they score points, but, like, they're not good. Would it it be, like, a guy that's maybe outside of the top, like, 300? Yeah, something like that. And, like, you can pick, like, oh, it's someone out. It would be the best player you think is outside of the the ADP top 300 or something like that. Yeah. That, that would be interesting to, to basically then if that guy the... works out, then the champ is pumped because they just get this guy for free and they start him. But if they suck, well, have fun. That, that Enjoy your chase, Claypool. Meta because the champ would essentially be working with one, la- one less roster spot. And obviously the rest of their team is very good because they just won the ship. <laughs> right. I think it'd be hilarious. It's like Honestly, it's almost yeah, a reverse you're... vampire. It's like the more you win, the more it sucks. As champions. What was that? Are you gonna as the champion? Like you know something say reserve. So it's like oh shit! I guarantee I'm gonna have this wide receiver three or something. I'm gonna alter my 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 roster, you know, accordingly and just be like, well, I can hollow out these guys because, or even even the year going like, depending on when they do the selections. I don't know. Because you know, uh, yeah, you know, I... you might know something's free. I wonder if it's determined, you know, when when you're doing that before the championship or what. I don't know. And that I mean, <laughs> any league that you do like this, you wouldn't be able. The first year, I mean, you just play as normal. Yeah, yeah. So it would have to be an incoming rookie that you're electing as the championship team starter guy. Yeah, I kind of want to. It do would. This it would have to be like some. Yeah, it'd have to be like a rookie. That's. Uh, it would be. It has not, to be a day three rookie. Day, like day three has or to be a day three. And no, you want them to be someone that's like gonna have a chance to stick around. And undrafted okay. guys, I mean, they get cut. They get practice squatted all Jake the time. Bobo. You want someone like like a a fifth round pick, like a Dontavian Wicks. You just have to start I, I, that guy all I'm, year. Dontavian Wicks has been trending upward. I like him. I have him on like every team. Yeah, I like him a lot. No, I, I see. I He's see what fun. you're saying. But yeah, it's um, like you're just stuck with this guy. He could be good. We don't know, yeah. but probably not because he's a day three guy, and the odds aren't great. Yeah. I, I like it. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was, that gotta... was completely off topic, though. Yeah. We don't have any the, topic. Whatever. The day three wide receivers in me, uh, I'm well stated in being completely out on them, even after Amon Ra proved me wrong for about a year. And now Puka, Puka? is uh, doing the same thing. Yeah, I'd be, I'm, I'm absolutely eating the crow on that one. Like, I, I didn't pick Puka anywhere because of that principle. I just don't touch day three wide receivers because historically they almost their panning out rate is just abysmal. Yeah, then you're not wrong. Um, but that said, we've got some Andre questions now. And I love Andre Dang. questions because they are fun and we will almost answer all of them. We, we try to get to as many as we can. We do. Other people can ask questions, too. Yeah, it's it's actually community questions, but since Andre is the only one that ever actually asks them, we just, they're just Andre questions now. Andre's just this a... Andre's moment. He's just on the pod. Uh, so, uh, the first question is, how would you describe the server and Discord to a four-year-old? Uh, Bug, I'll let you answer that one. All right. <laughs> so you got a four-year-old. I don't... I'm not around children a lot, so I don't actually know how intelligent or understanding of things a four-year-old might be. Uh, they, think I'm like assuming... a smart dog that can talk. Yeah, they, they get like... They're, they're not intelligent, but they understand like basic logic and things. Like they know a lot of... They know a lot of stuff. It's For the 30 very... seconds they're paying attention, they'll pick it up. Yeah. Okay. All right. It's but like an elevator like, pitch, but does a, with small Does a four-year-old know the difference between, like, sports versus, like, football? Or, like, yeah. I'm thinking, I'm, I'm thinking yeah. like, oh, can yeah, I talk? Know. All right. So how do, how do I describe it knowing that? It's an iPad game where I can go to talk to my friends about fake football. Yeah, I mean, I would just yeah. say like it's 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 Fortnite. <laughs> it's just Fortnite. Don't, you're don't worry about it. You're surrounded by people that you don't know why why you're dealing with them anywhere near as much as you do, and everything's yeah. chaos. It's, it's a place Fortnite. where I get to send online mail to other people that I've never met about football. Mm -hmm. I'm chatting with strangers online. Yes. Typing and you my should credit do card it number. Too. <laughs> No, it was always fun growing up being warned about the scary strangers on the internet. And now it's like what we do. Yeah. I feel safer talking to people who have no idea who I am than I would putting like the same things on Facebook. Yeah. There's just that little bit of an anonymity, great. even though my face is like right here. Yeah. But whatever. I've posted my name in several times. I could definitely get murdered now. Isn't that fun? Someone was just waiting to find that out. Yeah. Like, that was... Nobody murder me, please. I'd appreciate that. Um, but moving on. Uh... Ooh, all right. We're just ooh. hammering in here. Andre's Andre next has question. two sets of questions already. Like, yes. above and below the Squidward gif. Yes. I'm actually gonna move up to the first ones before I forget. Um... <laughs> These are so insane. Okay. Uh, I'm going to see which ones don't break any server rules. So you... Uh... Let's take number one off the board. He's asking if I can take my hat off. I can take my hat off. 
Boom. You like that? Uh, the, yeah. The troops he, are running away a little bit here, but yeah, I have hair. Yeah, he, he also asked if I'm wearing, if I'm really wearing a backwards hat inside on camera. Like, yeah. Is that that ridiculous? Is I that just wanted to show off to this neat Western Michigan University themed Detroit Red Wings hat that I have. That, that looks pretty sick to me. Yeah. I like it. Limited run. Had to get it at the game. Um, What else do we have here? Uh, the reason there are so many mosquitoes in your house, the question being, uh, why do I have so many mosquitoes in my house, is that you are likely leaving your doors and or windows open at night with lights on. So you should consider yeah. closing those. That's a and or terrible question and a terrible yeah. response. Why are you getting like, mosquitoes at this time of year? It's October. No, he's in Texas. Now would be wild. It's still warm down there, I think. Ostensibly. I don't know. Oh. Yeah, there's like an entire parts of the country that don't get that cold. Could you believe that? <laughs> he, I, yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not super <laughs> present because I'm just looking at the other questions, thinking they're wild, why? right? I love them. Yeah. Um, um, jinx. Ooh. We've all said um at the same time. Yeah. Andre, these questions are way too intense for <laughs> for a light-hearted. We we well, just and then number four comes along. <laughs> yeah. Fifteen minutes praising Arthur Smith. That's what kind of pod <laughs> this is. Okay. <laughs> so guys, how should we address the ethical dilemmas posed by advances in biotechnology such as gene editing and cloning? I am um, not at liberty to say, but I do have the answer. I have, I do have the off. answer. Yeah, hey, I'll say it right now. I have the answer. But you're not oh, going to say it. But you're not at liberty to say. Yeah. Um, oh, it looks like I have a friend here. So that's fun. Yeah, I don't know. You gotta, you gotta follow the science. You know, I don't know. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Blaze ahead. See what happens. I don't know. Yeah. Like, just I've seen it. the fly. It, what's what's? I don't think this is gonna be the thing that ends humanity. So let's let's get, you know, we're we're screwing up enough otherwise. Oh, we'll see what we, happens. Like we, we could really open up. You know, Pandora's box might have some cool shit in there along with the scary stuff. Thero did just ask, uh, would you rather make GZ a mod or ban GZ from the server for forever? Um, me personally. Well, he's never done anything to make me ban him, so I guess make him a mod. Not that either is going to happen anytime soon, but I don't really see the need in punishing anyone that doesn't deserve it, so I would just do the other one. True. Yeah, I mean, given these options. Yeah. I'd do that. GC's also, yeah. like, he's been a, a talkative and active community member yeah, for a while. Like, Friendly I, guy. I have absolutely reason. Yeah, he, he's been very friendly in some of the non-football channels, so, yeah. you know, I, the place definitely would not implode if he became a mob. Yeah, I... I sensible take how much value should you realistically be holding in qbs on a roster i'm tanking now and have mahomes burrow and stroud i only have one first going into next year as a tanker it feels like i'm doing it wrong super um, flex, i'm assuming yeah is that super flex <laughs> that's such, well, actually super such flex, a, you might be kind of happy to have those th this is guys, such a right? crazy turn and tone on questions but... <laughs> Uh, I, mean, I think so you got to keep one QB here. I think you keep that all makes those guys. Yeah. 
He said super flex. Oh, shit. Okay. I, I think you keep all those guys. Like, those guys are going to be dudes for the next decade. decade. Like, yep. like I, I think it, in super flex, like, maybe, maybe you guys approach it differently, but in super flex, you should be the, in, in order of priority, you should be going, take care of your QBs, take care of your run, uh, take care of your wide receivers, then take care of your running backs. And if you somehow find yourself in a position to get a premium long-term tight end, like take that. But like to me, QBs are in, in Superflex are the absolute mm-hmm. bedrock. You're you're yeah, if like, you need to try and aim for three good QBs because well, if you only have two, you're you're probably going to end up running into a lot of times so where you only have one. I mean, two two like mm-hmm. upper end QBs, and then like a third like pretty good one like like in my home league i have jimmy g slash Minshew kind of as my thirds and i'm pretty happy with that honestly well that's it too is for your in superflex especially for your quarterback three you don't need anyone spectacular um i wouldn't go out of my way to trade one of them but i would let people know that you're open to conversations about moving one and if the right deal comes wrong like comes along then by all means, uh, you're going to be set at quarterback with two of those three, regardless. Uh, yeah, I, I, and no one's I, ever I, been mad about having three elite quarterbacks in superflex, anyway. Yeah, I mean, if anything, that you're single-handedly altering the market in your league. If you yourself have three QB like QB ones like that, then like mm-hmm. that's, that's every very every, few else. Everybody else has to pay more for those. Um, so you could play it a couple of ways. I think you can't go wrong with holding all three of them because I don't think any of them have any danger of falling off a cliff, really. Like Stroud, maybe, because he's still a rookie after all. But like, it kind of seems like Stroud's worst outcome is he becomes 2023 Herbert, you know? Um so what you could do is you could hold all three of them and uh, the moment that you feel like your team's in a comfortable place, you can tier down like two or three tiers to another quarterback with one of them and like a package of other skill players to kind of hit the accelerator on like competing. But that's like a pretty good spot to be in. I think. Yeah. Yeah, and you don't need to move them, so you could probably advertise the league. Hey guys, I'm willing to willing to move you know one of these guys, but only if I'm blown away by an offer. And maybe someone, you know, sees a lot of value. And I mean, all these guys have a ton of value. So if someone says, you know what, hell, I've always wanted uh, Burrow, I'm gonna I'm gonna go get him, and I'm gonna do whatever it takes. It might turn out, but I wouldn't take an offer just because like a trade calculator says it's, you know, 10% your favor. Like I'd want to be absolutely blown away by it. Yeah. Yeah. Go get it, your beta. The, the cool, the cool thing about those three quarterbacks in particular too, is they're almost like better versions, like elite quarterbacks like that are almost like better versions of holding perpetual first round picks, you know, like a guy like Burrow or Patrick Mahomes like you can always instantly turn that in for the f- number one overall pick, plus more on top of that. 
you know? Like, if, if, if you really felt strongly about that, you can always turn it into that. Because those guys are worth more than just the first overall. So, like, next year, if you're like, yeah, I want to hit, like, I want to hit the ground running on this. Like, I want to go. You could turn Stroud in for Marvin. Like, w- would anybody take Marvin Harrison Jr. over Stroud at this point? I, maybe that's a good question to ask. Super flex. I think you got to go Stroud. I, I do, too. I think some people would take Marvin, and I disagree on the process of that even if he should be a wonderful wide receiver in the league just having a qb1 is just way more valuable yeah so yeah elite quarterbacks they're they they are perpetual first overall picks you could any year you could just trade them into that plus and it's not like they're depreciating assets. Well, I mean, they are. They get older. It's just so slow compared to everything else that if it takes you is an anybody... extra year to rebuild, oh, no, you just have a powerhouse an extra year later. Is anyone really going to, like, discount Mahomes or Burrow, though, until they're, like, 34? I mean, a couple people probably. Like, maybe, but... but yeah, only if they start racking up injuries. You can, but... Yeah, but you can pivot yeah. off of them anyway at that point. So... Yeah, no, I I would say if someone blows you away with an offer, take it, but there's no there's no rush, there's no need to make any rash decisions on moving an extra quarterback if you're just loaded. Um, Although if you can turn two of those for like massive packages, if you can get two guys bl- to blow you away for and move two of those at once, like that's going to make the rebuild go real quick if you're looking at like six first round picks and some like startable players but the odds of getting two of those packages together be pretty big moving on andre has specifically asked we uh answer this question uh and one more yes how much real money would someone have to realistically offer you to commit collusion in a fantasy trade if I offered you $5,000 in JMO for two firsts, do you take it and not tell anyone? How high does that number have to go? The I, collusion I, will not be obvious enough that it won't be overturned also. So to me, though, that's not really like collusion. If you're yeah. doing JMO for two firsts, that's just like a stupid trade. That, that's just you're paying me for you're paying me for two first round picks or, or like well right yeah if like it's if not so obvious that it's getting overturned then i mean sure it's collusion but like it's not so bad that it needs to get written home about i guess um yeah so i'm gonna train this a little bit to say that it is so bad that it would normally get overturned but for whatever circumstances it just doesn't there's like the little arguable case like I don't know. Maybe someone's really crazy about JMO and just can't get him. Like, <laughs> like yeah. clear overpay to everyone, but they're like, oh, Yannick's in your league, and he is just he makes weird desperate to get JMO that, that in is, another league. That, that is fair. There were like I don't want to say that this is like a widespread thing, but there were people who were paying two first round picks for Puka after week two. There were people who did that. God bless those brave soldiers. And they were right. Those people were right. Like they That's they got vindicated. Right now. Um, 
But yeah, so for how me, much is your honor worth? Uh, depends on the league. I'll be completely honest with you guys. <laughs> if it's a league I'm going to leave anyway, pay me, baby. I'll ruin it. Yeah. I don't care. Get yourself something nice. Yourself <laughs> this something is your nice. cap money. That's my championship right there, baby. <laughs> yeah, just just like a like number eight from McDonald's. Yeah, whatever. You know, no, all realistic. cash. Yeah, I mean, if it's like if it's some crappy free league where half the people aren't paying attention, the commissioner doesn't care. Like, get me out of there if you want to give me money on top of it. By all means, league's gonna fail anyway. If it's a league I care about, well then, it's got to be worth burning bridges over. If it was a like. I, I think it, in my home league, I, I don't think I would do it. Home, so home here's league's... the thing, like, no, no one really realizes collusion, so this is all on your own soul. That's I what think... I mean, though. Like, home leagues are about more than, like, winning, right? Like, like Burns' home league is free. Like, the, yeah. there's just a trophy, right? Yep. Cor- correct me if I'm wrong. But, like, like, for me, in my home league, like, I take a lot of pride for the team that I assemble and like, you know, when, when I lose games or when I get eliminated, like, you know, it stings. Like, I, I feel like this is my baby that I put together that I worked. I would rather I win my on. free home league than any paid league I have. Yeah. Because I get to laugh directly in the faces of every single person in that league. If I like, I, I don't know if you can put a price on how big your brain feels when you win it's been so long i don't even know oh i i won my home league championship the last time i won it was 2020 and Same. as a part of it i so all of my home league guys are friends of mine that live relatively in the area and any like the next time we hung out any of us i've just brought the trophy with me <laughs> I love that. Hell um, yeah. We went out to the bar once, and I set the trophy down in the seat next to me. And then he showed up, and he's like, hey, uh, is anyone sitting here? I'm like, yeah. Sorry, bud. It's taken. Like, <laughs> You're such a dick. I was, well, yeah, but I mean, that's isn't that the fun of the home league is just really uh, rubbing uh, at people's yeah. faces? When I want it's in just a, It's a crappy plaque, too. I hand engrave it. Oh, hell I, yeah. I bought a wooden plaque with, like, the little placards that go on it that like you screw in they're not level at all they were all just like eyeballed i didn't care enough to like square them up or anything and then hand engrave it it looks like shit it's awful and i cherish it desperately <laughs> i covet that thing i when i won my league in 2020 i used some of the i'm pretty sure i posted the posted it on the server when i won but uh I used some of the proceeds. I, I won like a couple hundred bucks. It wasn't mm-hmm. that much, but I used some of the proceeds to go on cameo and I hired somebody from pretty little liars to, uh, to make one. And they, they shit talked my league for me. And, uh, I still have the link to that video and, uh, it fills me with so much joy, you know? Absolutely. I would still send it occasionally. Just to yeah, remind I, everybody. I should. I should. <laughs> I want to do it again. I want to get another Pretty Little Liars cameo. Let's let's keep it going. Let's run it back. All right. And then what was the other the other one that Andre had for us? Uh 
I'm an alien who has conquered the world. I'm holding a court session for everything in the world that I deem unfit for a healthy civilization. Each of you is on the defense and have 45 seconds to elevator pitch convince me and not to get rid of two of the following things that my super alien consciousness has deemed unfit for a healthy society. Those two things being football and cars that are not self-driving. Andre, I'm going to have to level with you. We just don't have time for that one. Uh, we're like a minute away I, from I don't think I would defend either. Down. I um, wouldn't defend either of them. They're objectively bad things for society. Yeah, and I mean, if this is an alien who's conquered the world, uh, I'm going to value my own safety and just say, you know what? You might just be right. You're right. Sorry, dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Re just reverse psychology the alien. Yeah, You'd be yeah. like, whoa, 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 hold on. I want you guys to... Defend it, please. I'm like, no, so get easy. rid of it. Yeah. We're done. I'm not doing this. <laughs> like, hold, hold up, hold up. These guys know something that I don't. Like, I can't argue. He's right. I mean, this is this alien's obviously brilliant, so who am I to argue? Yeah. It's a guy I mean, in a hat. The... Buddy, you're the one who took over the world. Right? <laughs> I didn't do that. I'm not that bright. Um... And with that, everybody, we appreciate it as always. That was the Dynasty Movement Podcast, Season 3, Episode 8, I believe. Um, Something and, like that. Yeah, and thanks for popping in, everybody. We appreciate it. Yeah, B Bug, thanks for coming on. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, glad to join. Always a pleasure. Mm hmm And we'll see you next time.